Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Jenny Queen, and you're listening to Baby, It Was Real, and We Were the Best a podcast talking to people from all walks of life about the themes and inspirations behind my new record. We're already on our fourth episode, and I gotta say, I really enjoy talking with clever and interesting people in a format that's totally new to me. This week is particularly special for the podcast because tomorrow, Friday, November 2nd, is the launch of my first single, $50 Silver. Please hop over and check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and all the usual places. Make sure to leave a thumbs up or a comment or whatever, unless you have something awful to say, in which case you can just take my dear departed granny's advice and think it. Don't say it. The other very exciting thing happening today is that I have a guest on my show, Mr. Gareth Hipwell. Good author, morning. Uh, hello, <laughs> author, freelance artist, music writer, and fellow fan of Westerns. Hey, Gareth, how you doing this morning? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. I'm very happy to have you here today. So I got to say, I'm a little dusty today. Uh, that's fair enough. It was Halloween last night. That's what I was going to say. Yesterday <laughs> was Halloween and it's my time. And I had a pretty good dose of sugar and alcohol coursing through my adrenals. So, hmm. We'll see how you get on. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little Baraka. I'm doing what I can. So you did the astonishingly beautiful artwork for the podcast. But just in general, your art absolutely fascinates me. It's dense and it's rich with illusion and symbolism. Um, in the case of the piece you did for the podcast, I was kind of floored to find all these little secret references that really only my closest friends and like my family would generally know. So I take it you're a, a close listener and, like, reader. Um, yeah, I'd say probably borderline obsessive about uh, most things that I get into, um, books, mo- movies, music, um, all of these things. I um, Yeah, I do tend to take a very long time to digest things. Well, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I guess I'm worried about missing things, so I try and uh, rake over things as finely as possible. The funny thing is you you didn't miss a trick. Like there were things in there, no joke, uh, like things like, did I mention to you at any point that I collect feathers? Uh, no, no, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a little, um, uh, the black cockatoo feather that uh, I added in there, I um, I draw into a lot of things. Um, I'm kind of fascinated by the birds particularly and uh, by the colors that they show up uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. They, uh, they look kind of like a, a bird dressed in mourning. They're like a raven or something. I know. Uh, and then they lift off, and it's just this huge flash of red and gold, which is um, quite striking. The first time I ever saw one when I moved here, I was sort of blown away because it does. Like, you're like, oh, that's a black 
bird. It's a wait. Is that a huh? That and then they take off, and you're like, oh my god, it really is. It's like it's the most striking goth bird. It's oh, absolutely, so yeah. amazing. Yes. So. Yeah, so I was just going to say, like, I collect feathers, and and I literally have jars and, um, like, uh, cups of found feathers all over my house. Oh, okay. So that was kind of amazing. And then you had the blue moon, you had the Ohio flag, you had all these things in there that um, even some of the, like, through lines in the piece showed up in a poem my aunt wrote at my wedding Oh. It was, it's just alarming and cool. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of it accidental. Uh, I mean, I know you're from Ohio, and I wanted to get an Ohio reference in there, and um, was interested to discover that uh, the Ohio flag is the only pennant state flag in the U.S., which um, is quite interesting. It, it kind of is cool. Yeah. Ohio. <laughs> I have a love-hate with Ohio. So... Um, I want to point out that you have an Instagram for your art. Um, I do. And it is? Uh, my handle is Earthquake in the Poorhouse, or one word. Excellent. So you all should go there and have a look, because honest to God, it's the densest, most sort of hallucinatory, amazing. It kind of brings in the natural world with this wild, imaginative, like an imaginative, I, I can't even really describe it. You're just going to have to go see it, y'all. Okay, next question. Can you tell me a bit about the novel you've been working on? It's completely fair if you don't want... Did you finish it? Uh, no, um, I'm okay. happy to talk about it. I, um, I'm about 50,000 words deep, which I, I suppose a lot of... Every idiot who's halfway through a novel is 50,000 words deep in a novel. Um, I've been there for a while. Uh, it's a historical uh, fiction work. Um, I guess an acid western would be the closest I could come to describing it. But, An um, acid western? Yeah, but uh, Australian. So set in the Snow Mountains region where I grew up. Right. Um, I, I read that in, in something I was looking at last night, and I was like, oh, shit, because it's a western, which, yay, that's totally me. It's it's a Snowy Mountains, which, oh, my God, you just get it all together. And, and it's a period piece, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, everything I write tends to be historical. I, um, I, I do like the research side of, of writing say, I fiction. I bet you like the research. I do, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it keeps me out of trouble. And, um, yeah, it's a fascinating era, the uh, early colonial period in the Snowy yes. Mountains. Wow. I cannot wait till you finish that. That's going to be fascinating. I'm all about that. So generally, I bring people here and I just make them talk about whatever song I choose. But because you're a close and interesting listener, I wanted you to choose the song for yourself. So tell us what song you picked. Um, I picked Medicine, which um, I suppose wasn't... uh the sort of song I would typically gravitate toward, particularly on an album like this where there are a lot of uh, high gothic kind of elements and, and western uh, elements. But um, uh, I think the line that struck me on the first listen in this song was, um, uh, I'm so tired of taking my medicine, one for sleep and two to wake up again, which um, oddly enough very nearly describes uh, my own current medication regime. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So um. It uh, And it, I guess it speaks to a worry that um, I've had, and I know a lot of people uh, who take medication for anxiety and depression probably have, uh, which is about, I guess, losing your, uh, I guess, effectiveness, your um, potency as a person. Um, and I think that really, uh, yeah, I suppose it struck me in this song. Uh, it's a very familiar concern and, and 
beer I've had. And um, yeah, it was interesting to, to hear it, um, particularly in the context of such a, I suppose it's a, a fairly breezy, um, slinky, cool song, this one, um, which is kind of a misdirection, uh, which I also like. That might have been by design. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I'm going to talk about the deepest fears and demons and things, mm-hmm. especially in that particular area. So when I'm talking about mental health fears and demons and whatever, it seems to me like I'd rather just throw a little breezy sort of, you know, uh, melody and vibe into it. And yeah, it is a little misdirection. Yeah, absolutely. You got to listen if you want to actually get the... (laughs) Get what it's about. Yeah. I mean, it sets up a sort of... I mean, I wouldn't say... um, a disjunct or anything, but it, it, there's a certain ambivalence there. That um, it's an interesting tension. I think is what uh, that arrangement um, imparts to a song that is about something that is quite profoundly uh, confronting. I guess. And and what you're saying is absolutely right. I think for a lot of creative people who find themselves medicated, you you have that back and forth where you're like, okay, am I taking away from my creative powers, my creative abilities by medicating? Or am I making myself functional and thus able to access that part of me? And in Mm. full disclosure, I have been on medication since I was 19 years old. I'm I'm diagnosed bipolar before bipolar was cool. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, And, you know, really super stable if I take all my medications, and it's a pretty uh, mammoth cocktail. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's always that feeling that, like, I know for a fact that before I ever did take medication that I did some wildly creative, kind of kooky, creative, amazing work. Yeah. But, <laughs> and therein lies the rub, you know, it's it's walking on a knife's edge. It's very dangerous to not treat that particular disease because what comes along with it is the crashing depression and self-annihilation. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, I know in my case, I suppose I had always been an anxious person and uh, an insomniac and had had periods of, I suppose, um, of depression, but um, I ended up having, I suppose, a series of crises. I suppose where I actually couldn't function anymore. When I couldn't kind of go through the day without just constantly having sweaty palms, and I found it really impacted on every kind of part of my life. And and I resisted being medicated for a long time. I suppose um, having that intellectual debate with myself that oh, I don't want to pathologize these things. These are normal feelings. But um, if you actually can't kind of get out of bed in the morning and and function, um, I mean, that's the time. Yeah, I suppose it. Um, it hasn't done any of the things that I feared it would in that I, I feel like I have probably written some of the best things I've written and drawn some of the best 
uh, artworks that I have ever in the past year or two. Um, so you're doing some amazing work in, in terms, like I haven't read the stuff that you're writing in terms of novel or whatever, but the artwork you're making is, it still has, a, and I hope we take this the right way, it still has a healthy thread of madness in it and in the <laughs> best way possible. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Um, uh, I mean, I think it is probably the, the vision of an anxious person. I uh, I somehow end up just starting way too small and trying to fit so many details in it, it ends up just, I suppose, being an expression of a, a restless soul, I suppose, is how I think of myself. Um, but um, it's a, it is actually also a very uh, meditative thing, and it's something that allows me to, to focus for long periods of time. And I do find it calming and stilling, which is, um, which is uh, yeah, I suppose, what people talk about when they talk about art as been cathartic. Um. Oh, absolutely. I find um, creative writing very much that way. Um, if, I, if I'm not editing as I go, if I just yeah. allow it to come out. Actually, if I do longhand on paper, um, then I can get into the flow and not self-edit. I can do that later um, and then really enjoy the whole process. Yeah, um, that's actually a, a very good way to go about it. I've, I've found the same thing. If I can sort of do things uh, by hand, it, it, it does seem to flow better. And, you know, I can type it up and edit it uh, and polish it later. And um, that has its own reward. But um, yeah, I do like those exercises that are immersive, I suppose. Um, yeah. I just read this really interesting. I have a, a kid in school who's seven. And I just read this really interesting study about how they're doing more and more computer work with children and less, um, like, sort of handwriting and all that. Yeah. Um, and they did this study where they had people take notes on a computer and they had people take notes in handwriting. And they found that when you test them immediately afterward, they do about the same. They remember about the same amount. And if you test them a week later, the people who took the notes in handwriting have much better recall. It's something about the brain body. There's a physical something sets it in your memory Better yep. than just typing into the um, keyboard, which yeah, that uh, absolutely makes sense. Um, I guess there's a sense of um, transience or impermanence in, in things we just you know commend to to a, a computer hard drive. Um, I can write something. I mean, oftentimes you know if I go to the pub and have a few beers and it, it's late, and I have an idea and I think that's great, and I write it down and. Um, just file it away in a, a miscellaneous folder, and I don't discover it until eighteen months later. And then I think, what what am I talking about there? I have I have thought so many times that if, if something happened to me, if I got hit by a bus or something, and someone looked through my notes on my phone, the things they would find, they'd be like, "What the? Oh yeah, you know, the Republic of Bees? Yeah. What is she talking about?" I mean, I I would read that story for sure. Um, I mean, I wrote a recipe for the ideal sandwich to serve at a wake. Once, which um, okay, wait. I thought it was a fun short story, but it, it turns out it's just a recipe for a sandwich. What is the ideal sandwich to serve at a wake? Well, I mean, it was loaded up with symbols. Um, it was corned beef, weirdly enough, uh, which was for corpus, and then it was <laughs> <laughs> potato chips for earth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think there was a dill pickle for uh, sweetness and um, and sting. It was, uh -huh. it was just uh -huh. a and preservation. Oh, and preservation, yeah, this is yeah, true, yeah. See? Um, yeah, I suppose a pickle is nothing if not an embalmed cucumber. But, uh, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> wow. Okay, guys, now you know. That, that I, I've, I'm, I'm bringing you the information here on this podcast. 
Now you know what sandwich to serve at a wake and copious amounts of whiskey. So the other thing that I, I kind of ask everyone on this podcast, and I think you, when we spoke earlier, got me on this track, and it's just become a through line for the whole record. Do you think that we are in control of our destinies and fate? Or do you think we're just sort of going along for the ride? I don't think we're in control of our destinies and fate. I think, uh, I don't know, I I feel there is some sort of an unseen hand directing our every um, movement and action to an extent. I mean, I don't know, I I don't like to, to think about being constantly at the mercy of some, you know, guiding or directing force. Uh, I would like to be the master of my own destiny, but um, I don't know. I, f- I feel I'm attuned to all of the unusual coincidences and, and odd happenstances and things that do sort of send me careering off in a direction that I hadn't expected and that ends up being quite powerfully formative. So I find it difficult to reconcile myself to the idea that, yeah, I'm completely in control of my own destiny. You are the first person I've asked that question of who has answered it in that way. I also have the feeling that I am not driving this car. (laughs) Very often have that feeling. And it's funny because one of my guests postulated that it was depression, but I I don't think so. I think there's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's kind of, as you say, there are just little coincidences and whatever. And I also have a tendency whenever an opportunity pops up to be like, okay, yes. And that has definitely brought me in all different directions than I, I and I don't make five-year plans either no no I, yeah look I hate planning I am um, yeah. I actually resist it physically I kind of tense up and hate the idea of planning anything so I'm happy to take a backseat to the universe's grand me cosmic plan too. and maybe that you know there's some peace in that too being like you know what let's just cruise along and see how it turns out yeah no absolutely it's a bit of a surprise that way yes yeah, true I mean and I think when it comes to uh taking medications for depression as well. I I suppose the lesson for me has been that I haven't lost any of those things that I most essentially value. I mean, being an artist, being creative, being able to produce things, it does sort of just feel as though um, uh, I've just, I guess, changed brands of petrol so that the engine's running a bit smoother and uh, the essential kind of um, superstructure uh, just carries on hurtling through space. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. It's funny because I've been able to talk to a lot of creative people, a lot of songwriters, and and say, look, I can't promise it'll work out this way for you. But when I treated my situation, and you can see, like, I didn't even write music before. So, I mean, I did write um, short stories and poetry and all that, but I, I, I haven't, it's not stopped me from writing music that, you know, occasionally affects people, I think. And certainly, uh, I enjoy making. And, you know, I, I still am a creative person who can express all that stuff yep. that's inside there. Like, all yeah. that messy head. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It's, um, yeah it's, uh, I can definitely relate to, I, I guess, noisy would be how I would describe uh, my average waking moment. But, yes. Um, it's yeah, very noisy head. And that's okay because, like, you know, it, it, makes, it makes art. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I'm going to leave it on that. So thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. And we will listen to Medicine on our way out. I want to encourage everybody to go to Earthquake in the Poorhouse on Instagram and have a look at Gareth's 
amazing artwork. This is Jenny Queen. This is Baby It Was Real and We Were The Best. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Nick, Jenny's producer here. Just a friendly reminder that no one needs to suffer in silence. There are services like Beyond Blue and Lifeline. Trained professionals are out there eager to help. So reach out. Thanks, everyone. Look after yourselves.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.